Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Your hosts, Tom and Julie, talk about gardening, homesteading, and connecting with the land at their 10-acre farm in Wisconsin's Driftless Area. It's time to learn, do, grow, and be a little better every day on the Small Scale Life Podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Small Scale Life Podcast. I'm your host, Tom, and I'm happy you are here listening to the show. In this 206th episode of the Small Scale Life Podcast, I'm introducing two new efforts at our Driftless Oaks Farm and on the Small Scale Life Podcast. The first one is My Farm Journal. We'll talk about that in today's show. And the second one is Operation WW. For those of you who've been around Facebook and Instagram and even TikTok, you know that I've had some cryptic posts about Operation WW. Well, you're going to find out what that is. And both are directly related and linked. So let's start. What is My Farm Journal? Julie and I purchased Driftless Oaks Farm in June 2021. We moved to the farm in September of that year. And since that time, we've been working on improving this property while observing the land, the animals, the plants, the weather, the soil, and how the water flows in our Driftless area. One thing is for sure, Julie and I have a variety of animals, birds, and plants here at the farm. We're slowly discovering what gifts are here by spending time on the property, exploring the land at different times of the year, and observing what is happening and growing here. For me, one way to keep track of what is happening each day, week, month, season, and year is to write these observations down somewhere. I forget things over time. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I forget things all the time, especially as life happens. And life has been happening lately, hence another month without a podcast. I get incredibly caught up in the details of life and get busy at work or on the farm. July has been an incredibly busy month. I have traveled a ton. And even in June, I traveled quite a bit too. So life has gotten quite busy. You forget how far you've come and where you are. People have messaged us and emailed us saying that they enjoy following along and watching our progress at the farm. So why not have a podcast and article dedicated to our homesteading journey? It would essentially be our online journal. Containing these observations would be incredibly useful as time passes and more inf- information is collected. Trends and rough timelines can be established, allowing Julie and I to manage the property and enjoy the gifts the land has to offer. Great example of that is our Orioles, our birds. They came in early and they're going to be the first to leave. So we are now starting to count down when our little orange friends are going to be leaving us. It's going to be coming soon. That way we'll be better equipped to know when the lo- frost happens when the hummingbirds and the orioles come and go, and when the first frost occurs and a number of other events that seem to happen during the year. Morel mushrooms is another great example. Same thing with when the blackberries are ripe or the grapes are ripe. These things are coming fast, and it'd be great to have a good feel of when that's going to be so I can arrange things with my schedule, which, which I can arrange usually unless I'm called out of town, which has happened quite a bit in the last couple months. So my farm journal posts, videos, and podcast episodes will document our progress and our observations of life at our little Driftless Oaks farm. I'm planning to have regular My Farm Journal articles and podcast episodes here on Small Scale Life. This is the first official My Farm Journal article and podcast episode, and you'll be able to find those articles under the homesteading tab at smallscalelife.com. I do have a My Farm Journal from mid-June, which I am going to post, and uh, while this one will be July, we'll also have a June. It's just going to be after July, which is odd, but we'll just 
will work with it, right? Work with me, people. Work with me. So what is Operation WW? So over the past month or so, you've seen me reference Operation WW on Instagram, Facebook, and Telegram. This has really been kicking off when I had a week off right before right before the 4th of July holiday. I put a lot of posts out about Operation WW, and I have yet to explain what Operation WW is. And my good friend, the Driftless Organic Mechanic, asked me earlier in the month, what the heck is Operation WW? Well, I'm glad he and you have asked. First, I'll tell you a quick story to give you the background and some context. So once upon a time, Driftless Oaks Farm had flower gardens that probably would have made the cover of Better Homes and Gardens. Unfortunately, the former owners who created the multiple Gardens of Eden got old and they got sick. They could not keep up with the beautiful gardens, and they are quite complicated, and they certainly couldn't keep up with them. And over the years, the flower gardens fell into disrepair and were taken over by weeds. Like, a lot of weeds. Grapevine, honeysuckle, elder, um, uh, violets, they're everywhere, and they just continue to proliferate. At the same time, our woods that surround the homestead have a lot of down timber. The east woods and the west woods have a lot of down limbs, some massive trees. It's going to take a lot of cleanup. And it's obvious that the previous owners had a lot on their plates. And getting into the woods to clean up the trees and branches was not a high priority. you got to put your limited time and your limited resources where at the biggest priority. And the woods were not them. So there's a lot of wood rotting away, and we could use that material for firewood and for wood chips. And Lord knows we need a lot of wood chips in our gardens. And that's where Operation WW starts. So Operation WW stands for Operation Woods and Weeds, which is a code name for attacking and controlling the flower gardens in the woods at Driftless Oaks Farm. Now, I know it's nature. We're not going to control nature. Mother Nature is going to do her thing. But we can kind of clean up some of the down wood and we can clean up a lot of the flower gardens and get them manageable, get them beautiful. I have this little story that I tell Jules or analogy. It's like somebody who has a ton of throw pillows, right? You have a couch, you have a a bed, and you have a mountain of throw pillows on there. Your eye just can't focus on any of it because there's just too much. And you can't even sit on the couch because there's too many throw pillows. You have to remove them all first. That's what we're doing. And then we're going to have like one throw pillow with a lot of color and it'll be like wow that's where my eye goes because it's a beautiful thing so you have too many throw pillows you're you just get overwhelmed you have one colorful throw pillow that's what your eye is going to focus on and that's going to be awesome and you can actually sit down and enjoy it right so let's talk about the gardens For the gardens, we're definitely taking a less is more approach with Operation WW. For the gardens, we are definitely taking a less is more approach with Operation WW. We're going to literally remove the complicated and overgrown flower gardens to replace a lot of it with grass. Yes, I am growing grass again when the cooler, when the weather gets a little cooler and the conditions get a little better. And I can hear you fellow gardeners gasping and recoiling in horror right now, but hear me out. Take a listen here. Yes, there is a lot of very cool stuff growing in these gardens. Yes, we would like to keep as much of it as we can. No, we cannot keep it all. We just can't. We just can't. The weeds have done an excellent job taking over these garden beds. The soil is essentially a thick mat of weeds and roots. And to eliminate the weeds, you have to literally dig out two or three inches of soil, maybe four sometimes. It's really difficult to be strategic and precise with this much chaotic weed growth. So we're going to save some cool flowers and remove the rest. That's just what we have to do. And by removing the rest, I mean digging up the weeds and the roots 
woods, removing the debris to a compost pile in the woods, and planting areas with grass seed. Yep, grass seed. Simple. We're saving what we can, like flowers. We have some cool clematis and cool, uh, just a a host of really cool plants in there. We're going to try to save some. Can't save them all. We have materials like pavers and bricks and rocks. And we're just, we're going to save those and we're going to just compost the rest. This meant removing five circular gardens, which is all complete. We had five circular gardens in our front garden. We had the whole area was, had pavers. We removed all those. We have a brick retaining wall on the southern side of the garden area, and we've been removing those bricks one by one. And we also have three non-operational ponds, and uh, we haven't started yet working on those. The cool thing is the ponds have driftless rock around each one, really cool sandstone type boulders and, uh, and rock, and we are going to save that rock and use it elsewhere. So I'm going to be digging that up, moving it, stockpiling it, and using it somewhere else. There are some big boulders in there, so it's going to be it's going to be a challenge. I don't know if I'm going to need a tractor to get some of those out. We'll just have to see. I'll do the best I can. I've already taken out a couple big ones, but I know there's more there. So the remaining flower garden will be a simple pollinator garden with a thick layer of wood chips for weed control. In the area where we remove the five circular gardens, I will move my vegetable garden there. So that is where the grow lab is going to be. That's where my wicking beds are going to be. I've already put down some landscape fabric. I'm going to continue to do that. We're going to cover that fabric with wood chips, and then I'm going to move in my various wicking bed systems. That includes the two metal watering troughs that I used in North Minneapolis. They work great, and they're just sitting in the blue barn in storage right now. I also bought some barrels and turned those into wicking beds, so those are going to be used as well. And then I'm going to build a hybrid rain gutter grow system and put that in there as well. So it's going to be it's there's going to be a lot of different things happening there, and that's why I call it the Grow Lab. And I'm really super super excited that, about that. And I know all of you gardeners who still come faithfully to the site and you're looking for new garden content, you're waiting for that moment. It's coming. It's coming. So I'm sorry you've been waiting. We're going to get there. So eventually the, vig- the vision is if things go according to the big plan, the very big plan that I haven't even talked about and I won't until I get more things hammered out, we'll have a greenhouse with water and electric near that grow lab, near our front wicking bed gardens, the grow lab. So I'm really excited about that. We'll just we'll just have to see. A lot of things have to line up and happen first. Now let's talk about the woods. So on our 10-acre farm, we have several acres of woods to the east, to the north, and to the west of our little house. The woods are a mix of ancient oaks. There's some maple trees in there. There's box, box elder trees in there. There's red elderberry bushes, walnut trees, cottonwood trees. And we do have some prickly ash, and we do have some buckthorn. So those will have to be removed. So a lot of the trees in the woods and along the edges are box elders, and they seem to have weak trunks and branches when the strong winds blow. We lost some along the edge of the blue pen, and my friend Jim and I got them off the fence in June. We have more cleanup to do on that eastern tree line. There's just there's more stuff that's fallen into the into the farmer field, and there's just just the way box elders grow. They're kind of strange. They they have limbs that kind of go all over the place, and they can actually come down and hang over that where you don't want them so it's going to be time to cut those back we worked on some of that in the winter 
we're going to keep going. Walking through the woods, I noticed we've lost some more box elders in there during the spring and summer storms. We're going to work on that timber uh, and that down timber later in the fall when things cool off. And we'll probably rent a wood chipper and make tons of wood chips. We have already gathered up two or three massive piles of branches in the woods and uh, in the in the northern woods and we really need to do that in the eastern woods as well so we can use as many wood chips as we can take we can we can use as many wood chips as we can make and we haven't really found a good wood chip supplier in the area so we're going to make a ton as i mentioned we do have prickly ash and buckthorn in the woods especially along the edges of the woods and the back pasture we won't be able to tackle tackle those invasive plants and trees until later this fall is the earliest and probably Probably not until next year. And the back pasture, uh, the eastern pasture, that's just going to have to wait a while. I have a big stand of prickly ash up there, and it comes out pretty quick. It's just I've, I've, got, a, I've got limited time and limited resources, so I need to concentrate around the house first. We're going to concentrate on zone zero. For those of you that don't know what zone zero is, that's a permaculture term where you're focusing on your immediate area right around your house. So that's what we're doing. And then as you branch out, as you have more time, you can start to get a little further out, right? Maybe to around the pens. I mean, I've already been doing zone one, like around the pens and around the barn, cutting back the woods. And then now uh, zone two is probably further out into the woods. So along the wood, wood lines and such, that'll have to wait. In the back pasture, that's probably zone 10. That's way out there so we're just going to have to wait so let's talk about progress on operation ww so far so julie and i have made good progress so far i'd say really good progress we actually june we made solid practice uh, progress july has been slower we've just had a lot going on we've actually had a ton of people out at the farm and my work schedule just exploded i've been just really busy and on the road and we'll get back at it soon enough I think my travel schedule will calm down and I will be home and local. I think we're, to be honest with you, I think we're running out of some of our travel budget. So we'll have to stay home and be local. And that's fine. Well, that's fine. Don't worry. We're going to get back there. I really want to get the front garden area completed. I'd really like to have that all set and ready to go for 2023. I mean, I've got some, uh, I've got peppers and tomatoes and some green beans growing along the back patio uh, behind the garage. I've also got the potatoes and the comfrey growing and blueberries growing. So I do have some things going. I have the orchard going too. I didn't have to plant anything in there, but I do have some garden things going and I just, I need to show you that some more. But I'm really looking forward to having a permanent home for the for the wicking beds. I mean, I haven't had a garden area since we left North Minneapolis in August of 2020. So it, it's it's been a couple years. It'll be three years. And man, all you gardeners that are still hanging on, hoping that I'm going to come back to it, <laughs> your prayers will be answered. It just, it took a little while to get there. So... So yeah, the other thing I want to do with all of my wicking beds is really get some good trellises going. I believe in vertical garden. That means getting things go up. All of my tomatoes are vining tomatoes, so they will get tall. They, I've had tomato plants get up to 15 feet tall, and uh, that requires trellises. A little tomato cage isn't going to handle that, so I, I need to have trellises in place. Same thing with green beans. I've had green beans grow to be 18 feet tall and get up into a lilac tree and keep going. So I really, I really believe in trellises. I really want to have some good trellises and figure that out with, uh, with what's going on there. So the other thing is uh, we've been learning how valuable equipment and tools are, the right equipment and tools are. Like the ATV has just been a godsend. It's, an, it's a 1988 Yamaha 
um, ATV, but man, it has been a champ. Also, one of the best purchases we made was a gorilla cart. Man, that thing is great. I hook up the gorilla cart to the ATV. Whew, I can move all kinds of stuff. And I was showing that uh, in earlier posts on Instagram and Facebook and Telegram, just how valuable that, that piece of machinery is. We have moved so much material, wood, block, pavers, endless amounts of, of uh, weeds, dirt, um, and compostable material. We've moved that out. So that has been a winning combination. The other thing, chainsaws, new Husqvarna chainsaw, rancher chainsaw, and also a Ryobi chainsaw. And then the Ryobi rechargeable chainsaw that's on a pole. Those have been really good. And we're going to put those into a lot more use. Um, the shovels, the grub axes, the uprooter, our favorite tool so far, they've just been workhorses and they've been awesome. So, uh, those are tools that we love. Also the wood splitter that we got is small, but mighty. And, um, those have been great tools for us. And we're going to talk more about those later. We'll show you how we use those as we work on operation WW. So we will get these gardens under control. Absolutely. We're going to get the gardens under control. The woods is a long-term project, but in the short term, we can use the branches and wood chips, uh, use the branches for wood chips. We need to do that. We need a lot of them. So that is a priority for us is to make a lot of wood chips. So looking at this project as a whole, or this property as a whole, you can get overwhelmed really easily. It's like eating an elephant. And as we used to say in the Boy Scouts, I was an assistant scoutmaster once upon a time, how do you eat an elephant? You eat it one bite at a time. And that's what we're doing with Operation WW. We're taking it one, one weed, one branch, one spoonful of dirt at a time, a bunch of wood chips at a time too. And it's going to take time. It's going to take time. It's going to take blood, sweat, and tears to get this done. So we typically overestimate where we'll be in a week or a month, but we underestimate where we will be in a year, five years or a decade. So Driftless Oaks Farm is going to be our forever home. That's going to be where we're going to be unless something dramatic happens, like who knows what, but this is going to be where we're going to be. And I'll never rule anything out, but this is what my mindset is today, that this is our forever home. This is going to be a labor of love and like a lot, like a lot of labor, like a ton of labor. And we probably won't love it at times. I will tell you that sometimes it gets downright frustrating because you get one thing done, you turn around, start working on another spot and you turn around and holy shit, more weeds are growing. So it just is going to take a lot of labor. As a painter creates a beautiful masterpiece from a blank canvas, that's what we are doing. We're getting down to that blank canvas and then we're going to start, we're going to begin to paint and create ourselves. We're going to create what we want from that blank canvas. And you can already see it in the, in the pollinator garden. That is really beautiful. Jules did a great job. You can see it in the backyard where Julie has been working since day one and really got some things under control and cleaned up and really is a great example of what Operation WW, uh, Operation WW will be. So I'll, I'll show you a video of that. I'll make a video of that and have a link in the show notes. So Operation WW is part of the process of healing the land that I talk about at the end of the show. Julie and I will be working on this for quite a while. 
So if you're bored and need a project, come on out to Driftless Oaks Farm and bring your chainsaw or your shovel and your work gloves. We have some weeds and wood for you. <laughs> and this has already happened. My friend uh, Jim came out. Uh, he helped me with the the, uh, the box elder trees that had cracked and fallen on my on the fence. And he brought his chainsaw. And we cut up a bunch of wood. We cut off the branches. We moved everything to the burn pile and, and moved to the, the good wood to the wood pile. And then uh, as payment, I said, hey, uh, take what you want. I mean, he, he took a bunch of oak and other, other wood home. And, and, uh, when he comes out again, we'll, feel, we'll load him up with some more wood because that's important. And, uh, we really appreciated his help and his time and his blood and sweat and tears too. So we, that's what we do. We feed you and we'll send you home with something. So that's, that's the plan. So thanks for listening. It's again, uh, June and July turned into super busy months. I, I know that, um, for some other folks, I, I needed to do presentations for them, and I was called out of town with a number of things that we had going on with my job and uh, the podcast um, with work obligations. There was just no way to get back to it. So this is getting back to it. This is me getting back to the podcast and trying to figure out a way where I can summarize different things and get them up around the, on the website and keep in the game. I know it's going to be challenging. So you're going to hear a lot more on the road type stuff where I'm in the car thinking about things and I'll pull out the recorder and record things. So the quality might not be quite there, but that'll, it'll be still a good show. Um, but just, you'll have some road noise in it. Um, as far as interviews go, I do have my second part with, uh, my, my friend, Mr. Tactical J. I've got some other things coming that we're going to, we're going to be putting some, uh, some things out there that, that I've been thinking about and, um, just been toying with, uh, just, I've been sitting down and starting to record again. So, um, again, I need to circle around with wicking beds and show you my wicking beds. Uh, talk about the new things I'm trying out with them and uh, show you the temporary grow lab. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here today. Really appreciate you. I am I, I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart that you're listening to this show. Uh, if you want, feel free to ask questions at uh, realsmallscalelife at gmail.com. Send me a note or message me on Instagram or Facebook. Do that on the uh, Small Scale Life page. Again, I'll have some links and such for you at smallscalelife.com. Come over to the site. I am going to get that newsletter going again, just one thing at a time. So again, how we eating this elephant one little scoop at a time so <laughs> thanks for tuning in talk to you real soon this is tom from small scale life take care everybody in closing from the north to the south from the east to the west and everywhere in between may the gods spirits and folk be blessed at this place may we heal the land and protect the soil animals and plants may we live in strength and love leading the way as we learn do grow and be a little better every day. This is Tom from the Small Scale Life Podcast. We'll be back with another show. In the meantime, stay safe and take care, everybody. This has been a production of Small Scale Life Media. Let it grow, let it grow. I can see all the veggies growing for me. So let it grow, let it grow. The cold never bothered me anyway. I sound like a dumbass all the time, so. Yes. Yes.